The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, October 18, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Coming up on today's show, it's the great T-Rex. David Ferguson is here from the T-Rex Report podcast. That's Patreon.com slash The T-Rex Report. Trump appears to be working with the Saudis, you know, our partners in peace, to cover up the Khashoggi murder. And by the way, I'm saying Khashoggi, and I'm sticking with Khashoggi. That's my pronunciation. I don't give a shit what you have to say. (laughs) Another top-level Trump administration official is out. Shocker. We'll get into that in just a second. And Twitter released 10 million tweets linked to the Russian PSYOP in 2016. God damn it! Oh, by the way, uh, with the midterms just days away, you can remind yourself to vote every time you wash by picking up Bubble Genius's Vote Soap. It's a five-ounce bar of sweet-smelling soap artistically carved in the shape of the word vote with a third of the proceeds going to resistance candidates across the country, just in time. Only $7 from Bubble Genius, but use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order. Only from BubbleGenius.com. Newly redesigned BubbleGenius.com, by the way. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. CJ, are you aware of the fire that happened at King Fatah Middle School? Yeah. That's a tragedy. Chris? Saudi News is reporting that rescuers were prevented from getting to several female students by the religious police. Yeah, I read that too. Steve? Does the White House have a comment? I literally just got this a minute and a half ago. I haven't spoken to the president or chief of staff, state, or anyone in communications. This is just me. Well, do you have a comment? I don't know. I'm sorry, CJ, but you're not outraged by this? Outraged? I'm barely surprised. This is a country where women are allowed to drive a car. They're not allowed to be in the company of any man other than a close relative. They're required to adhere to a dress code that would make a Mary Knoll nun look like Malibu Barbie. They beheaded 121 people last year for robbery, rape, and drug trafficking. They have no free press, no elected government, no political parties. And the royal family allows the religious police to travel in groups of six carrying nightsticks, and they freely and publicly beat women. But Brutus is an honorable man. 17 schoolgirls were forced to burn alive because they weren't wearing the proper clothing. Am I outraged? No, Steve. No, Chris. No, Mark. That is Saudi Arabia, our partners in peace. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. Bob. What? Bob. What? Shut up, Mr. President. Bob. Oh, my God. He's still bugging me. Uh, <laughs> it is the Trump crisis day 637. Only 19 days to go until the 2018 midterms. That's it, folks. The final stretch. Get your voting fingers warmed up. Jesus, this couldn't be more important. And uh, I am uh, just sitting on the edge of my seat. And, and the, the tension <laughs> leading up to this midterms. My head is ready to explode. Speaking of exploding heads, I don't know what that means. Let's do that. It's T-Rex. Hey. Hello. David Ferguson. Bob. How you doing? How you doing, my friend? What was that of the president saying your name over and over? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just because it's always. It's always like this. Is he this. stalking you again? Every damn day. Bob. What? 
Bob? Why, you shut wake up. up in the morning and the presidential limo is parked across from your apartment again. I think so. It's just, you know what? It's everything. I think we're all going through this. I think one of my big uh, predictions for the midterms, as far as how that's all going to go, is Trump fatigue, Trump fatigue, Trump fatigue. I think the big takeaway coming out of this coming up midterm is going to be everyone is sick of hearing from Donald Trump. Bob? Shut up! Bob. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So glad you don't have him saying my name. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, uh, while you just wait, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can find that. I'm going to see if I can find Trump saying, David, David, David. Uh, but yeah, that's just 24 seven. It's just constantly Trump in our face. Tired of his big leathery flapping face. I think so. Um, I just seeing his face in our living rooms, uh, around the clock. And it's just, it's not just me and I do this for a living. So I'm right up close to it, uh, you know, most of the time. And so are you. But the thing is, I think most people are just tired of seeing Donald Trump. And of course, this is a case where uh, Donald Trump, they think it's good for Donald Trump to be out front uh, leading up to the midterms. They want Donald Trump in everyone's faces because they think somehow that's going to help. That's going to help the Republicans. They've done in, in the last 11 days, this is according to Alex Malin, who is from ABC News. He says in the last 11 days of Trump and the media, he's had 18 pool sprays with Q&As, six South Lawn gaggles, five print interviews and eight TV interviews, roughly 300 questions from reporters, and we're still 18 days out. Alex says here, and it's far from over. This is a ma- Nicki Minaj didn't do that much promo on her new record. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, of course, this is what he thinks people want. He thinks Republicans are all voting because they love him. And I swear to God, if one thing kills Republican energy, kills Republican turnout, kills ultimately the Republican chances in the midterms, it's just going to be that people are tired of Donald Trump. I think people are just sick and tired of hearing from Bob. Him. Oh, God. And so <laughs> it's and, like something from The Exorcist now. <laughs> <laughs> it really kind of is. I'm so tired of it. And, and I can't even imagine. I think some people who actually like Donald Trump are just tired of hearing from him. Although I am noticing... It's got to be exhausting, though, the, the moral pretzels you have to tie yourself in yeah, in order to continue to justify your support of him. Yeah. Because exactly. he's so all over the map. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can look at this situation with Khashoggi, for example, and <sighs> go, oh, Mr. President, you're completely acting on the level. I mean, this is totally fair what you're doing. Clearly, clearly with this case, David, is that... Donald Trump, Jared Kushner, the Trump family, the Trump organization has massive financial stake in Saudi Arabia and the the Saudi royal family because these are people who have invested countless uh, millions of dollars into Donald Trump. And so he, of course, is going to slow walk anything regarding Saudi Arabia. Plus, we have this added bonus of Jared Kushner doing all kinds of crap behind the scenes where he's talking to the Saudis. He's buddy buddy with uh, MBS. uh, and, And in fact, what we heard today is that Jared Kushner and MBS are, are, are texting buddies. They're, they're sending dick pics to each other or something. <laughs> they're using the, uh, the texting platform called WhatsApp, according to CNN. And oh, that just makes that song Two Princes by Spin Doctor start going through my head. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's so funny. Um, right. If you want to text me later, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly just, right. I just, 
I wonder what the emojis are flying back and forth between Jared Kushner and MBS. Uh, according to uh, Todd, I'm Boy- pretty sure Jared Kushner's signature emoji is the shrug. <laughs> Probably. That's his MBS only reaction. MBS is probably the ghost that's winking and waving its arms. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if Jared Kushner was capable of human emotion, he'd send at least a smiley emoji, but he can't even do that because he's incapable. He's robotic. <laughs> There's something wrong with him. Uh, I watched, uh, I'm not to interrupt, but uh, I watched Pompeo's press conference earlier. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I don't like him. I don't support his politics, but I mean, I have to admit, he's a fairly accomplished human being. He's done some things on the planet. Yeah. I mean, he's worked, you know, he's seen things, he's researched, he has opinion, but to watch him stand there and pretend that he doesn't know exactly what happened. Yeah. When he says, we have to wait, you know, until the, we see what they say. Right. Uh, I'm like, you know what happened. I know what, I mean, the fact that we know that a team of trained killers like left Saudi Arabia with a bone saw in their luggage. <laughs> God damn it. And so he gets up in front of cameras and goes, well, we don't want to talk about facts right now. I mean, it was just, I, was, I kept seeing that clip all day yesterday. We don't want to discuss the facts right now. Good Lord, but why did you... But this is what you see. This, everyone Trump touches ends up <laughs> right. debased like this in some form or fashion where they're forced to act like they don't know what they know and that they are idiots and mm-hmm. then they can't make simple, you know, like... I'm trying to think of another example. Of course, there have been so many, and yet they all kind of run together from the Treasury Secretary to the guy that was, you know, in charge of the EPA, Pruitt, and, you know. um, But again and again and again, we have to watch, like, grown people with, you know, college degrees and certain measure of accomplishment in the world lie to our faces, lying that they know they're lying. Yeah, right. (sighs) And and the other angle to all of this that isn't getting a whole lot of play, David, is the fact that... uh, uh, there's this political benefit for Donald Trump to slow walk this, to act all coy as if, you know, we shouldn't really be doing anything in, in reaction to all this because this guy was just, he was a permanent resident, but he wasn't really an American citizen. However. Oh, that initial statement where he was like, well, it wasn't our country. It wasn't our citizen. $100 billion. I was just like, this is the most disgusting thing yeah. I've ever seen come out of an American president's mouth. And I live through the Bush years. <laughs> right. And this, it's so cynical on his behalf because what he's seeing is a political calculation about the fake news. This is about... On top of everything else, on top of guarding his interests and Jared Kushner's interests with Saudi Arabia and everything they've done while Trump is president to cut side deals with MBS, on top of all of that shit that they're actively now covering up in cahoots with the Saudi government, and I put government in dick quotes because it's not really a government. On top of all that, Trump gets to intimidate the fake news. He gets to intimidate his enemies at the Washington Post. He gets to intimidate Amazon. He gets to intimidate Jeff Bezos. He gets to intimidate, as I said, the, the fake news. They're all in the crosshairs now. This is about Donald Trump playing to his screeching red hats, his rally crowds. And by the way, he's got another endless cocaine rant scheduled for tonight. And I assure you, he's going to be talking about the Washington Post and Jeff Bezos and Amazon and how they're evil and how they never report positive information, how they're all fake news. And this has been Donald Trump's one of Donald Trump's many perceived invisible enemies since he started his presidency for years now he's resented jeff bezos and he's gone after amazon at every chance he's got and by the same token the washington post which we've also heard that he hates more than the allegedly failing new york times sorry he has maggie at haberman and um yeah 
Glenn Thrush up his ass <laughs> yeah, right. 24-7, like, like hemorrhoid suppositories. I mean, <laughs> you can't hate the New York Times that much when you got him in your face all the time. It, mm-hmm. That's such, I mean, that's one of the illusions that we people are, the, one of the lies people are telling that we're supposed to believe. It's just... I mean, it's, the, the 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 gaslighting, David. It, it's so it's also obvious to us what is happening here. It's it's clear as day what Trump is up to. It's clear as day why he's covering up with this. And and we heard point blank yesterday that they're coordinating their message. The Trump White House is coordinating their message with the Saudis to figure out how they're going to explain this away. This is a massive cover up and, and collusion between Donald Trump and the Saudi royal family. And now. On top of all of that, he's back to this uh, Trump embracing due process, right? It's another case of guilty until proven innocent, right? Oh, right? To drive the Kavanaugh Bob, thing Bob. into it. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's so disgusting. But, you know, I heard someone talking earlier today that this is another instance where our intelligence agencies have come up with an accurate conclusion. <laughs> yeah. And Trump is choosing to ignore it with the, for the Fox and Friends view right. of the situation. <laughs> We're in danger because of this. Yeah, we are. We all as citizens, but journalists especially, just everyone is, you know, the the amount of danger that this country is in just in terms of our relation to foreign interests that are against us has just jumped yeah, a little. Right. Because people are like, even if we get someone trustworthy, a, a, you know, a Democrat or even a moderate Republican in office again, people from around the world are going to be like, we can't trust the United States anymore mm-hmm. because anything we do with them, any agreement we make with them is going to get broken when they get another crazy right-wing demagogue in the office. Yep. Here's where I, I, I get into kind of tinfoil hat territory because <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm going, this looks like it's part of a quid pro quo. This looks like it's part of Jared Kushner cutting some back channel deal with MBS. Uh, and as part of the deal, we're going to ignore the intelligence reports that they're trying to set up uh, uh, Khashoggi for assassination. And so we're just going to let him go. We're going to give, we're basically, we're going to hand Khashoggi over to you. We're not going to do anything to block your efforts. And in return, we're going to give you question mark which this is information that we don't know yet but again we're talking about people who are now fleecing the american taxpayers to profit off of the presidency as often as they can we see it with these trips to mar-a-lago we see it with these trips to bedminster we see it with with uh, foreign nationals being put up in trump hotels during state visits and so on these are all things that trump is using to profiteer off of the presidency beyond the strictures of previous presidents beyond any other uh, president's uh, uh, use of the presidency as a platform to make money, where typically presidents will just take their salary and then after they're done, they'll start doing high-priced speaking engagements and that's how they make their money. Instead, what Trump is doing, because he was, you know, I I think to a certain extent, he didn't realize he was going to win. And then when he did, he was like, oh shit, well maybe I can use this. Maybe I can use this to enrich myself and my family because he's deeply in debt from what I'm seeing from his financial picture. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. I mean, that million-dollar bet with Elizabeth Warren, he doesn't have a million dollars to give to Elizabeth Warren, even if he wanted to, or whatever, the the charity that he was going to give the money to. That is not happening because Trump is broke, and it's people like the the, uh, MBS, and it's people like Vladimir Putin, and Vladimir Putin's uh, buddies uh, in the oligarchy there who are bankrolling Donald Trump's activities and have been doing it for years. 
years. So of course he's not going to fucking do anything about Jamal Khashoggi. This is not something that Donald Trump is at all interested in. And then when you throw in the political advantage for him as in terms of further demonizing and intimidating the fake news, in, in his words, the fake news, uh, that it's a win-win for Donald Trump. And then we're going to all forget about this because it's the endless fire hose of news. So there's going to be some other news story that comes down either today, two minutes after we finish this show, David, or tomorrow mm-hmm. or the next day that's going to wipe the Khashoggi story clean off of the, the, the whiteboard. And then we're going to be on to some other new outrage. More Donald Trump just pestering us. Bob, oh, God. Bob. Oh, my God. Please stop. And so that's where we are with all of this. And then on top of all of it, you know, American intelligence agencies are getting increasingly confident in the news that the Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, ordered the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. This is coming from our own intelligence community. And, of course, we're hearing nothing from the commander-in-chief on all of this, uh, this news. from Except me. that they're good customers, you know. They're good like customers. Examine right. everything carefully because they're good customers and we're not you know it's very this is this is the mob yeah we're living on mob planet now i mean right. even the, ex, the, the 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 torture the cutting off of the fingers the <sighs> you know the it's all of it is like that's it's it's the freaking mafia I, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm really surprised they haven't gone down the road. And I'm talking about the Trumps and the Red Hats. I'm surprised they haven't gone down the road of an accidental killing because that was the first line. Did we get that line out of, out of the, the interrogation that went wrong? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I a, mean, where what interrogation that begins with cutting off someone's fingers goes right. That's why the autopsy guy was there. And now yeah. we've got another the official. Right. Now we've got another official who's, who's been killed in a mysterious car accident. Someone who also showed up in Istanbul at the same time as Khashoggi. Mm. So the intrigue grows. Meanwhile, uh, there's this audio tape, and I'm so glad that it hasn't been leaked yet. And I'm so glad that when it does, I have the choice to not listen to it because I will not listen to whatever audio. Eventually, it's going to go public. And fortunately for me, I have managed for maybe the last, how long is it? 14, 15 years. I've managed to avoid the beheading videos. And oh God, I watched one of those. It was the worst thing. It's a terrible decision. Yeah. It's once it's in your brain, it's like eating a bad oyster. Yeah. You know, it's like it's in there and you can't get it out. Right. You want to get the. It's going to make you sick now, you know, like. <clears throat> The eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. You want that technology to wipe it away. I mean, there's things. There have yeah. been things that I have seen accidentally uh, online and in person that I wish I could just delete from my brain. And so packing more awfulness into my brain at this point is just not in the cards. So I, I hope I hope it doesn't leak. But if it does, it's going to augment the outrage. I mean, let's make, let's make no mistake here. If you're a member of the press, and to a certain degree, David, you and I are kind of on the periphery of that. I mean, as far as uh, the media, the news media goes, since we're opinion journalists and podcasters, the problem is that this should scare us all because are we safe from being rendered off to some uh, horrible nation that does summary executions, does these these backroom executions like what happened with Khashoggi will there be mm. more people more members of the press more journalists rendered away by Jared Kushner and Donald Trump because they've got financial interests to the Saudis and they're compromised so they have to oblige the Saudis whether they even want to or not 
So we got to wonder, <laughs> at what point are we all going to be losing fingers? Are we all going to face the bone God, saw? I, hope, I really feel like somehow, some way, in an ideal world, really, like somebody, we have to shut down Fox News. Yep. We have to find some way to make what they do Ill- illegal because it, it should be illegal to yeah. be polluting the information stream to such a degree that the truth no longer matters to people. Their, their feelings matter more than the truth. I was listening to an NPR – no, I mean, sorry, NBC report earlier about yeah. Montana voters and John Tester. And they were talking about you know the million people or so that live in the state. And I was like, my God, you know, San Diego has more people than the entire state of Montana. <laughs> you know, and Kansas, and there, and yet these people are like dictating what happens in our lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just not. It's it's like I don't know that I necessarily agree with Kansas or you know having or Montana having two senators when there's only a million people in the state. It just yeah. I don't know. It's it, to me it gives unequal weight to the Yahoos and the backwards you know, jerk offs that are living in really homogenous, non-integrated communities that are racist and terrified of outsiders. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of my listeners want to hear me talk more about the Connecticut compromise, I'm sure. But I mean, I want to go back to what you (laughs) said about Fox News Channel, uh, about banning Fox. You know what? We don't need to ban Fox News Channel. Uh, You know, there are things that we have done in this country that have been resoundingly successful that we can use to not you know outright ban fox news because that what what that ends up uh precipitating is this war now we've banned fox news now when they are they're in control again they're going to try to ban msnbc or they're going to try to ban Mm. the stephanie miller show or they're going to try to ban this or that what i think we should try to do is humiliate people out of ever watching fox news channel i mean there was a campaign and there's been a campaign it continues today against cigarette smoking where every time you turn on the television there is another ad in which uh, it's the truth something that some uh, organization projects. Yeah. The truth project about uh, nicotine and the tobacco industry. And boy, has that been successful or what? I mean, basically now, and I'm an ex smoker. I smoked all the way up until about 2007, smoked a pack a day for 17 years, for God's sake. Uh, You quit smoking because of your heart attack, of course. But I mean, I quit in 2006 and I started up again in 2014 because I was, my mom died. Oh, well, I there. Either, yeah. I was either going to get drunk or buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> right, right. Cigarettes. Well, no one's going to blame no, you. No, that's not an excuse, though. That's not a fucking excuse. Yeah, I should but, not have ever started back. But, but I mean, look I at paid. look look at what's happened to smokers in this country. Where smokers, because of this campaign, have basically uh, we've become like uh, lepers. We're just hiding under awnings and stuff in the rain, freezing our asses off in the back alley right. of our uh, apartment building because we can't smoke indoors anymore, and and and. Also, we're ashamed to smoke because of the stigma that's been applied to smoking over the years with these ad campaigns. We can do the same thing, I think, with this entertainment network. Because remember, Fox News is to legitimate news what professional wrestling is to Olympic sports. I mean, this is right. this is the difference here. And I think it's so much more than that, though, because it's also like an anti-news organization in that they had a black ops room that targeted real journalists. That's true. Yeah. That you know, it's because it's not, it's not just the misinformation; it's the fact that it operated like an anti-journalism crime family. Mm-hmm. 
and actually targeted and bugged and stalked and harassed people and planted misinformation about them. It's, they should not be allowed to continue to operate. They've proven themselves to not be operating in good faith. No, absolutely not. Well, I mean, what they're doing is they're misleading an entire segment of the population at the same time as, and, and I, on top of misleading, they're diseducating the public. I'm throwing that word in as much as I can because that's what we've seen a lot of with Fox News Channel since 1998, since they first started. Diseducating a gigantic section of the public at the same time, fishing them in by appealing to their hatred and their biases and their cynicism and their whatever awfulness that stirs around in their brain as far as minorities and immigrants and so on goes. And so once they fish them in using that kind of propaganda, they can embed all kinds of disinformation, diseducation in their heads. And we've seen that uh, time and time again. In fact, the documentary, The Brainwashing of My Dad, proves that thesis entirely, where Smart, otherwise uh, well-centered people, um, and I know many of them personally, who have been sucked in and brainwashed by Fox News Channel. And this is happening all across the country. And, and what we know is mm. that it's, you know, there's no factual base to anything they're saying. I mean, there are... They try to comport themselves as having legitimate news stories uh, during their broadcast day, but those legitimate news stories are picked out to have an overall effect. So, like, for example, Brett Baer does a, a straight news show for the most part. And so Brett Baer and his producers pick out news stories based on the story of the day or based on the theme of the day at Fox News Channel, where they're not necessarily broadcasting opinions during that hour they're just picking news stories that have an overall impact on the audience. So they may downplay news stories that had, that give the left an advantage or give Democrats an advantage and emphasize stories that elevate Donald Trump and the Republicans. That's kind of the strategy. But, you know, we even we did that when I worked at Raw Story. I mean, it's, we were a progressive blog. We did have a bit of a slant. But the problem for me is for every 10 minutes of Brett Baer, there's an hour of Judge Janine. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And there, apparently, there are people here at there at Fox who just can't stand her. They feel like they really just she undercuts the credibility of the whole organization. Which it, it's just all the whole deal is so weird. Have you ever watched mm. her? Like, why is she wearing the gowns, the evening gowns? Oh my thing? God, Judge Janine. Yeah, she's nuts. She's out of her Do mind. You remember when she had a. Kellyanne Conway on there, and they had like competing Snow White sleeves going on. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it's just so bonkers. Yeah, it's it's so weird with Judge Janine because she's she's a psychopath and she seems like she's drunk every time she's on. She just just her her language is so slurred. I'm amazed she can get through one of her monologues. But on top of that. It's hard for me to square how awful she is on her show with the fact that she spent so many years going after the Durst guy. That that uh, uh, I want to say Fred Durst, but it's not Fred no, Durst. No, she didn't do it for the Nikki. The other Durst. There's the HBO document. You know what I'm talking about. The Durst yeah, from Delaware, yeah. the crazy Durst guy who uh, murdered all those people. Fred? Alleg yeah, Fred is it? No, it's not, it's not Fred no, Durst. No, I said Fred again. You just said Fred. <laughs> It's not Limp Biscuit. It's not Limp oh, Biscuit no. related. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Judge Janine was a big Limp Biscuit fan. Uh, seems like that would be right in her wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Um, but no, no, she would call it jungle music because it has rap in it. <laughs> right. Durst. Uh, Robert Durst. That's the guy. Robert. Right. Robert Durst. All right. Because. <laughs> 
So I don't know. I didn't plan on bringing up Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit during today's show. <laughs> but oh, there's a blast from the past. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, we're gonna talk about uh, Brooklyn in here for a second. But uh, when we uh, when we're done, I want to get into uh, the latest Trump administration official who's been booted, which happened happened today. So this should be interesting to see how this all comes together in the next uh, couple of days. I may have missed something. Especially regarding the uh, the Mueller investigation, which, of course, is a, an ongoing concern, and, and we've got some information along those lines uh, to bring you as well. But before we get into all of that, i got to talk about bed sheets. If, Go for it. If you're like me and you live with a woman who is experiencing some of the effects of menopause, <laughs> having a great pair of sheets, I swear to God, is outstanding because the sheets that we got from brooklyn are nice white crisp sheets from brooklinen.com that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n.com are you know they it keeps us cool and clean all night long no more waking up in a puddle of sweat uh it's fantastic for keeping menopausal i was gonna say to uh, the brooklyn and people you know what you should be marketing to more uh menopausal women how about that <laughs> well and people who take ssris like me yeah yeah there you go i so, sweat buckets in my sleep well th- i need some of those this set of sheets that we have i swear to god it they're they're cool to the touch and i love that feeling especially when you first climb into bed and you, you jam your legs down deep into the sheets and they're nice and cool and your feet and your legs and everything and you can kind of snuggle up uh, especially during this crisp, cool uh, fall weather that we're experiencing up here in the nor- Northeast. Uh, ultimately, at the end of a stressful day, we like to sl- slip into our great new sheets we discovered at brooklinen.com. And it's not just us. Good housekeeping name, brooklinen.com. The best of online betting, brooklinen.com is the fastest growing betting brand in the world with over 20,000 five-star reviews. A husband-wife team in Brooklyn wanted the kind of sheets that you'd find in the nicest hotel rooms. But since, and you know, everyone loves the bed sheets in a hotel room. There's one thing that everyone loves universally in a hotel room: it's the bed sheets. But since most bedding is marked up as much as 300 percent, they didn't want to pay those inflated prices, so they've cut out the middlemen while providing personal customer service like any good small business. But Brooklyn and Sheets come in your choice of fabrics and colors. And they look as great as they feel. Our Brooklinen sheets are the best and most comfortable sheets we've ever, ever slept on. And Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners, just for you. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use my promo code BOBC at Brooklinen.com. Brooklyn, and so sure you're going to love their uh, new sheets, love your new sheets. There's a risk-free 60-night guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. But the only way to get 20 bucks off and free shipping is to use my promo code BOBC at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code BOBC. Brooklinen. They really are the best sheets ever. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back to our big Thursday show. The great T-Rex is here today. Um, lots I of told news. you the story about when my brother was playing drums for Psychedelic Furs and was on the road with like a Monsters or New Wave tour with Big Country. In the wait, 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 your brother played drums with Psychedelic Furs? That's awesome. 
Yeah, my brother's an amazing drummer. Like, he's like the best drummer you've ever heard. He's really incredible. So yeah, he's on the road with the Furs, and I'm on the phone with him. And I'm like, I want you to go to the guys in the Alarm, because he's on the road with the Alarm. It's like a group tour. And, and ask him why they're not playing that song with the bagpipes in it. You know, and start singing a big country song. And he was like, oh, dude, I can't do that because, like, the alarm are bringing it on this tour. He was like, they are in their 50s, but they are kicking so much ass. And yeah. I was like, okay, fine. I need you to go up to the fix and ask them how come they're not playing Mr. Roboto on this tour. <laughs> One of your biggest songs, man. Come on. Domo Arigato. He's like, I'm never taking you backstage anywhere ever, David Ferguson. Why did I think, why was under, I under the impression for so long that Mr. Roboto was Sticks and not... It is Sticks. That's the point. You're oh, like I thought insulting you said, the fix oh, by going I up to him and saying, why aren't you playing that Sticks song? Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah I got it it's wrong. like my I... friend that really honestly walked up to the lead singer of Counting Crows and told him how he loved Jeremy. What a great <laughs> fucking song. <laughs> I'm like, you are such oh, an asshole, God. Ken. Oh, Ken McLean, wherever you are, that was one of the funniest nights of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Adam Dervitz was just like, "That's not our band." <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the uh, here's the big news I teased before uh, we talked about Brooklyn and Sheets, and that is that Don McGahn is out as the White House Counsel. Ah, yes. Or as uh, Buzz used to say on the show, Don McGahn is out. Don McGahn. Don McGahn. He's a. Uh, He's, he's been planning to leave the White House, but uh, his exit was uh, expedited after Trump announced that P Patrick Cipollone, Patrick Cipollone is going to become the new White House counsel. And of course, when I saw that, the first the way I read Cipollone was Ciccolini. I say, look at Ciccolini. He sits there alone. <laughs> a pitiable object. I just went right to duck soup. Ciccolini, give me a number from one to ten. Eleven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, from this point forward, the new White House counsel is going to be called Ciccolini. I say, look at Ciccolini. He sits there alone. A pitiable object. <laughs> Just so let's talk about Domagon. Domagon. Right. Well, it's There's more. Be it's no more, I guess, no more leaked stories in the New York Times where he is the hero, the person <laughs> who was holding the reins at the That's last minute of the president from, like, swallowing an entire garden hoe. Yeah. Or... But also, uh, I, do you think he was the one that wrote that anonymous letter to the Times about, you know, where there are grown-ups in the room? I'm thinking it was uh, not Don McGon. I think it was um, uh, Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley's a very distinct possibility. You know, it could also be... Uh, I think she's too careerist for that. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think she has taken some weird and bold stances against her, her boss, Donald Trump. Uh, and in the past and on several different occasions, I think this is completely in keeping with her. I think what she's looking at, and I think this is a smart long game on her behalf, if this is true. I think she's looking at the same thing I'm looking at, which is severe Trump fatigue. I think what's mm. going to happen, especially by, I don't know, six, ten months from now, when we start seeing people seriously throwing their hat in a ring, run for, run for president, I think she sees a serious deficit in Trump's support. I think what she's counting on is that Donald Trump is going to become significantly unpopular over the next ten months or so. And it may be because of the Mueller investigation. It may be something that happens as a consequence of the, uh, the House being taken over by the Democrats and unlimited subpoena and hearing power at that point. I think we're going right. to see Lots of Trump administration what officials. What could be sexier than Kamala Harris with subpoena power? I, I just, I mean, <laughs> well, finger, fingers crossed for the Senate. I think we need to calibrate our expectations, though. I mean, the Senate, I, 
like I've well, been saying, now that the now that the North Dakota the the Native Americans there are going to get to vote, we may get to keep Heidi Heitkamp. That's true. That's true, and it's going to come down to one or two races like and that. Blackburn's down. Yeah, a in bla- Tennessee. Blackburn's out. That's huge. If Phil Bredesen That's actually, Taylor Swift, <laughs> right? If Phil Bredesen wins that race, and we see that happen pretty early in the night on November sixth. That's going to be like the bellwether. I think the bellwether is going to see, uh, on the Senate side at least, is going to be that Phil Bredesen, Marsha Blackburn race in Tennessee. Because mm-hmm. if Phil Bredesen turns out on top, it's going to be a long, long fucking night for, for Biff and all of the Red Hats. They're going to be screaming at that point if, if Bredesen turns out on top. I remember months ago, you were talking about, like, even if we just to cut off the head of the Hydra and, and Trump goes down, you were like, I dread all the clones, all the ones that are going to oh, be yeah. just like it. Yeah. And I was like, I think that when this goes down, he's going to be so unpopular that it's going to be like last year's rap's favorite song that just sounds so stale now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, yeah. People are just going to be like, ugh, no, no more demagogues, no more walls, no yep. more just, I well, hope. I, I just I just think people are just tired of hearing from him. I mean, even the supporters are just like they're they're getting wise to his bullshit and his rallies and his screeching and his you know, just constantly, constantly contradicting himself. I mean, that's got to be, I've always thought that even going back before Donald Trump, where a lot of Republicans and their leadership are in this weird dance where they see their leadership saying one thing, then doing something else, then contradicting what they said, then contradicting their actions. It's back and forth. If I was one of their people, if I was one of these Republican voters, one of the Red Hats, or one of the future Red Hats, or the Tea Party people especially, prior to the, the rise of Donald Trump, I would be, like, smoke would be coming out of my ears. No wonder they're so fucked up, because all they end up doing is hearing all of these contradicting and conflicting ideas from their their people. And they try to peg it as, okay, we're just owning the libs. By saying one thing, doing something else, by constantly showing ourselves as being the hypocrites we are, we're just owning the libs. But, you know, at some point, they need something to run on. They need something to, to wrap their values around. And, they, and nothing's there because... All they're doing is owning the libs, and you can't create an entire political movement on nothing but owning the other side. It's just disingenuous. It's. Uh, Did you see the thing in the Atlantic by? I think it was Adam Sorwer. The cruelty is the point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Which, in fact, I mean, we have to. And that to me, like that was a. That's share that, read that, pass it mm-hmm. around. Adam Sorwer, Atlantic.com. The cruelty is the point because it shows us, you know, who these people are in American history and how the cruelty. Like binds them together. Yeah, because that's why that's why I feel like they don't get any cognitive whiplash or you know or cognitive dissonance from him constantly changing positions and not ever having any. It's because the thing that's actually the core position is the cruelty. Yeah, I mean, as a companion to that, I, I've been saying uh, on the podcast, and I'll, I've written several pieces about this too, about this overarching theme of the Donald Trump presidency, which is cruel whimsy, doing things whimsically that will just enrage everyone in the country who isn't a red hat. So, you know, dumping a, a coal runoff and coal slurry into streams, lakes, and rivers nearby, that's cruel whimsy. Uh, some of these decisions made about hybrid like shoot hibernating bears i mean these are just this is just utter cruelty that they're engaged in and it's all in the service of owning the libs right 
Uh, well, so, I mean, I want to get back to the midterms real quick because um, there's uh, an important bit of information with regard to the governor's races that we have to bear in mind. Based on 538's forecast, this is from Talking Points Memo, based on 538's forecast uh, that just got posted, if every race goes the way 538 is calling it, the following states, among others, will have a Democratic governor. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Florida. That's Oh, not Georgia? Well, seventy. Well, maybe Georgia. I think it's still a toss-up there because, of course, Brian Kemp is playing grab-ass with African-American voters and voter registrations. Where And African-American voters are playing court orders. Yeah, thank and, fucking God. That guy's um, being sued. I mean, very, very flagrant, so obvious. He yeah. really needs to step down. But, I mean, I can tell you that from... I mean, early voting has only been going on the first three days of early voting in, in Athens. The line was all the way down the block. Mm-hmm. Like I, I keep going by and going, is it less than two hours? Everyone's like, no. I'm like, okay, I'll come back. <laughs> because, you know, I don't have a job right now. I can sort of bop around and come back on November 6th <laughs> if I need to. Yeah. But it's, I mean, the people are storming in to vote. And, eager, and early voting is generally a really good sign for Democrats. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely, especially now. Churning, churning through the polls. People are just out and they're fired up and they are voting. And I, I hope to God that Brian Kemp goes down. Yeah, I don't know. He's so sleazy. And the Republicans in Georgia, I mean, we were doing the, with the Scott Walker, Wisconsin, and then North Carolina sleazy. Like, that was Georgia 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of a, a branch of Trumpism, the fact that they're being so outward and obvious about their corruption and about their voter suppression on all of this. It seems like, oh, yes, this is something that we're going we're gonna to use this now as an applause line, the fact that we're suppressing uh, African-American voters and Native American voters. This is going to be something that, that the whole world should, or that all of our And the other day, fanboys, said, he talked, he said outside agitators were having an effect on this race. Yeah. And that is the phrase straight from the 1950s and 60s outside agitators meant jewish people yeah outside agitators were people who were coming like from nor up north to help black people get liberated and get you know the south unsegregated yeah and that's i mean when he said that a chill ran up my spine because i'm like he's just drawn a direct line between himself and the you know the people who beat the protesters on the bridge in selma and yep. the george wallace blocking mm-hmm. a door of the courthouse with a you know axe handle or whatever like he is, ugh, yeah. the racist people are taking off their masks. They really are. I mean, getting back to this governor thing, though, I mean, this is so crucial because this also links back into voter suppression. What we're talking about, say Florida, and that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at 2020 now. um, After these midterms, we have to start thinking about voter suppression in 2020 and giving Donald Trump an unfair advantage in that election. And if we have Democratic governors in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, among others, then there's a much less likely chance of there being these voter purges that we've been seeing because we'll have Democrats. I mean, Andrew Gillum in Florida, do you think there's going to be voter purges in Florida if Andrew Gillum is the governor of Florida? I don't think so. Uh, Same with Tom Wolf remaining the governor in Pennsylvania. So so that's the stakes. That's where we're talking about these governor races. Meanwhile, 77... For anyone who supports... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, there's a gigantic poll number here. 77% of registered voters say they're certain to vote in the midterm elections next month or have already voted i just uh, if i if i could sit like brian camp or just any like fox news watcher i have two you know if i could sit them down and ask them one question face to face yeah it, or two questions first one would be how is it better for fewer people to vote 
Right. How do you say call yourself an American and, and someone who believes in the ideal of democracy if you want to disenfranchise voters? Mm-hmm. And I guess my second question, I just like I think nobody uses people don't use the word propaganda enough when they're talking about Fox News because you know you talk about to people about World War II and even conservatives talk about like Nazi propaganda, and I want to ask them like what do you think propaganda would look like? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you consume it in huge amounts every day. So, what? I mean, define that. Yeah. Well, um, they're not thinking in those terms because they're not right. self-examining. What they're doing is they're – any question or attack, they're not going to go, hmm, yeah, I wonder why that is we're not doing – or I wonder why we don't recognize the propaganda. It's They just turn around and say, well, MSNBC, well, CNN, well, New York Times, well, Washington Post. And so, or what about in, in all those cases? Uh, because they love the what aboutism. But you were bringing up the issue of the, pointing out these outside agitators, which, which also links up to uh, this attack on Democrats now uh, for. I mean, this just cracks me up. Inciting. Oh, we're the angry mob now. Yeah, we're the angry mob now. I mean, it's just the dumbest goddamn thing. Because, you know, and this is something that we've been tracking for a long time. I mean, Dave Nywart from uh, Crooks and Liars wrote a great book about that, the uh, about eliminationist rhetoric. The fact of the matter is, is that all of these violent attacks and things like that, the Red Hats and the Proud Boys and the incels and the alt-right and the white nationalists, they're what all much... What happened with the Proud Boys thing? Well, they're all... What I was going to say is they're all better that we're never going to top the fascists when it comes to in-person violence and violent rhetoric and all of that. So why even bother? I mean, like I was going back to what I was saying earlier, they have been doing this for decades now, including, and we all remember the early Obama years when we saw ad after ad after ad for political campaign after political campaign by Republicans in which they're taking out AR-15s, you know, the Sandy Hook weapon, and using it to shoot the legislation that they don't like. We've seen ad after ad in which they've shot mm-hmm. Obamacare, they've shot the tax code. This is the message that we're sending out to American voters. You know how you solve problems? in this country you shoot at them you want to repeal legislation don't just repeal it kill it kill it with bullets and a semi-automatic firearm and to me that's some of the harshest most violent rhetoric that we have ever seen and that doesn't even take into consideration all the shit that donald trump has said since he descended that escalator in 2015 i mean we've seen example after example knock the crap out of them maybe he should have been roughed up i'll beat the crap out of you i'd like to punch him in the face the audience hit back and that's what we need a little bit more of these are all donald trump quotes to his red hat audiences time and time again and the only example the Trumpers and the Republicans and Donald Trump fucking Jr. can come up with is Maxine Waters said to push back. <gasps> Shocker. Maxine Waters says push back against the Republicans. So clearly the Democrats are just as sinister and as violent as the Trumpers, right? This is the yeah. both sides bullshit. We didn't ram a car into a crowd of protesters and kill someone. Right. That's an angry mob. Yep. Okay, folks, let's just draw the line there. Like, actually killing people is makes your side the angry mob. <laughs> right, right. And and here we are in this ridiculous up-is-down, black-is-white era of the, the Trump years. When where, it's a very scary time to be a white man in this country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Exactly right. So scary. When's the rest of the world going to get their boot off of the neck of white middle-aged male? <laughs> white middle-aged men. Jesus Christ, you goddamn babies. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to get into some Russia stuff here in a second. Uh, we got to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to play this clip of audio from uh, Josh Levy, who is the lawyer for Fusion GPS. And he just led a Fox News That channel. was amazing. That was one of the best clips I've seen in a long, long time. We'll get to that in a lot Stick more. Stick around, folks. Right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back to our Thursday show. Yep. Bring me back uh, We got, a, we got a, a bunch of great shows coming up next week. I'm going to be doing a show every day next week, Monday through Friday. We're going to get five new shows next week. We've got, uh, let's see, oh, enormous, Tony Atamanik on Monday. Tony Atamanik from The President Show, the, the greatest Trump uh, impressionist out there, and he's got a new special coming out on Comedy Central that night, Monday night, October 22nd. So we're going to be talking about uh, that and a whole lot more. He's also got a book out uh, about Donald Trump. So we're going to be talking to the number one Trump satirist working today, just hours before his brand new Trump special goes up on Comedy Central that night. So that happens Monday, October 22nd. And then Greg Sargent, who was supposed to be yesterday, has been moved to next Wednesday, October 24th. So Tony Atamanik on Monday, Buzz Burbank on Tuesday, Greg Sargent on Wednesday, Jody Hamilton on Thursday, Kimberly A. Johnson on Friday. What more do you fucking want? How about them apples? That's a week for that's a week of goddamn shows. It's tremendously big and tremendously wet. Top that one, Hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> right. I'm lucky to get one a week out lately. <laughs> Boy, would I love to go back to those days some weeks. Uh, it's just like, ah, uh, we did a uh, I, I did four shows plus well, there was a couple of days uh, last week where it seemed like I did 12 shows in about 24 hours. I just <laughs> st- between the Stephanie Miller show, between my show, between Kimberly A. Johnson's show, which I produce, between my interview show, uh, and then the free show on Thursday. It was like 12 shows all back to back. And uh, boy, I could, I, you know, it's weird. I really felt it at the end of the week. I was like, Ch-ch-ch. 
Jesus Christ, I think that was too many podcasts. But uh, it's kind of like a job interview. Yeah, right. In a way, like you're you're trying to think of the best, sparkliest, funniest, most awesome version of yourself mm-hmm. to be while you're on the air, and the, the light goes off, and you're just like, Ugh. I know, I know. That's just that you just deflate like one of those uh, those lawn ornaments at Christmas time. You know, you d- turn it on. Not to say though, I mean, it's not as hard as like being a paramedic, probably. <laughs> no, definitely not. This is not hard work. Ultimately, it's mentally taxing, emotionally taxing, especially when this unrepentant ogre in the White House is constantly tapping on the shoulder. Oh, God. (laughs) Constantly pestering, constantly acting up, constantly screeching into the atmosphere, constantly getting his goddamn bloated face into more criminality and scandals and and racism and all the rest of it. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it just never ends. Never, never ends. But on the good side, on the upside, there are good people out there who are doing uh, just s- such crucial Amazing. work for the furthering of, of American democracy and the protection, ultimately the protection of American democracy. And one of those people is uh, this lawyer, Joshua Levy. Uh, he's a lawyer for Fusion GPS. And of course, Glenn Simpson was back on the Hill yesterday and, uh, and testifying, uh, I think, on the House side. But coming out of the committee room, uh, of course, they met, met up with a scrum of, of reporters. And one of those reporters was a Fox News reporter who's been desperately trying to debunk the <laughs> Steele dossier for all this time, trying to blow holes in the Steele dossier, unsuccessfully, by the way. And she, of course, went up to Joshua Levy and gave him a bunch of shit about the Steele dossier. And, of course, he wasn't having it. He's, uh, Joshua Levy has no more fucks left. Here's, here he is yesterday sticking it to a Fox News reporter. There's a difference between saying that the Russians interfered in the election and the validity of the dossier. I asked Mr. Simpson on the way in if anything in the dossier had been substantiated. Can you address that? Sure. Uh, four individuals named in the dossier have either pleaded guilty to criminal charges or have been indicted uh, and convicted of criminal charges. Uh, The central, I'll finish my question, I'll finish the answer to your question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, The central thesis of the very first memo that Mr. Steele wrote said that the Russians were helping President Trump win the presidency and give him information to win the presidency. The U.S. intelligence community has since found that that was the case. But wouldn't you agree that there's a difference between the central thesis and the detailed allegations that are laid out in the dossier? I would in that the big picture should be the most important point. If you want to quibble with one detail here and there, you're losing the big picture. Catherine, the Russians tried to elect Donald Trump president. Yep. It's been proven. And you're quibbling about whether this little detail on page 127 was correct or not, it's absurd. We've got to stop this. The big picture is that a foreign hostile power uh-huh. was trying to interfere in our democracy, in our presidential election. Yeah. Yeah. That just lays it out as clear as day. He's awesome. It's, I was like, you go. I mean, that's what it needs to happen more and more often is we need to be brought back around to what really the big picture is in all of this, which is that Russia elected Donald Trump in that election. Make no mistake. They successfully installed Donald Trump in the White House. And whether or not Donald Trump colluded in that uh, endeavor, we pretty much know that he did. Uh, at the very least, the people around him did. Uh, and so we're going to find out more details about that. But the bottom line is, Russia successfully did it. And what we can expect now 
is, and we're, we're starting to see it with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is now getting into the PSYOPs business, getting into the online propaganda. You can see Saudi trolls now on Twitter. And, it, and the reason being is because Russia did it and Russia got away with it and Russia proved that it works. If you endeavor on a PSYOP inside American social media, you can pretty much bet that you are going to trick all the rubes. You're going to get the vote of the rubes. You're going to get the support of the rubes because they were suckered once and they'll be suckered again. We are just a nation of suckers. And Saudi Arabia sees it that way. Certainly Russia sees it that way. And anyone who wants to uh, borrow that business model, borrow that plan of attack, is probably already got doing the green light. It. Yeah, they've yeah. got the green light. They say, well, it's, so basically we're open this is for the Nigerian email scam presidency. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, Donald <laughs> Trump, like Donald Trump the is the Nigerian prince, right? Who's <laughs> asking got for your checking account? million dollars to put into your savings account <laughs> if you'll just give him the info. Well, meanwhile, the, the, the thing that makes me tear my fucking hair out by the roots. I say like Elvis. <laughs> Elvis used to say that. Ripper talking about the roots. Thank you very much. Um, is this thing where Donald Trump is now going back to blaming Barack Obama? In an interview, I think it was with uh, Fox Business, he said here that uh, uh, regarding his chat with Vladimir Putin, he said, I said, no more meddling if you did meddle. To which he says, I didn't meddle. I didn't meddle. Obama was just was told just prior to the election that Russia was trying to meddle. He didn't do anything about it. That should be your investigation. To which I say, you know what, Mr. President, go fuck yourself. Oh, I don't know why. I just, I, I hit the chimp button. I don't know why I hit the... the- <laughs> <laughs> monkey in there but i meant to hit this they went together it kind of was a it was a milgram's moment yeah i love it just start randomly pressing buttons let's see Shut oh there's the keith Olbermann. there's a, a woman screaming and a body body falling down and then uh spicoli <laughs> and then a baby crying and then all right i get to this point in the week i just get punchy and just start pressing buttons i say look at chicolini he <laughs> sits there alone new a white house council object <laughs> the new White House counsel. Hey, give me a number from 1 to 10. Right. 11, right. Okay, so regard, going back to this Obama thing, uh, this is just, this is the thing that, that makes steam shoot out of my ears like Uncle Fester when I see this, that we should, Trump says we should be investigating Barack Obama and why he didn't do anything. And you know what? You know why he's never going to investigate this? You know why he's never going to order his new White House counsel or his forthcoming new attorney general after he fires Jeff Sessions? You know why? Because it's going to prove nothing. It's going to show zero. This is another Donald Trump pipe dream to trick the rubes into going along with something he says. There's no substance behind it. There will be no investigation. And because there is no investigation, there will be no result. Why? Because Barack Obama did lots of things to uh, not only punish Vladimir Putin, but also to get him to stop doing what he was doing. Obama said on several occasions that Vladimir Putin cut the shit, and then he deployed digital bombs into Russian infrastructure to be ignited at a time of our choosing if Russia continues their shenanigans. Of course, that's left in the lap of Donald Trump, and of course he did nothing to uh, <laughs> to act on that. Plus, expelled a bunch of Russian diplomats out of the country and so on, out of these spy compounds, which... Uh, Donald Trump went and reversed. <sighs> but we got to investigate Obama, right? Right. Anyway. Because we live in an upside-down world. <laughs> That's exactly Where people right. can look at Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz and be torn. Yeah. 
on yeah. which guy is a decent person. Yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable. Right. I, but this is one of the things that keeps bothering me about It's like, if you really, are you going to, people, where are their instincts? Where are people's sense that they are being lied to? It's it's so it's so obvious, isn't it? It's so obvious that they're being lied to, and they should feel that way because, well, Donald Trump is not a brand new character on the political stage. He's not a brand new figure in American pop culture. He's been around for a long, long time, and one of the things he's well known for is bullshitting and exaggerating and lying. That's what he does. That's all he does. But even like if before he even opens his mouth, you can look at his hair and tell he's not an honest man. <laughs> Exactly right. His hair like, is and dishonest. The, and the goggled marks. I mean, it's Donald Trump's <laughs> face is his fortune in that, like, if he had left the money his father gave him alone, he'd be much richer. If he had just left his face and hair alone, yeah. he'd probably look more like a human being now. <laughs> but instead, he looks like some kind of weird reverse clown. Yeah. It's just... He looks like I was he looks like him talk yesterday, and the goggle marks were particularly from this tanning bed or whatever. Yeah, were particularly obvious. Oh, by the uh, way, there's just point of order on that. He does not use a tanning bed. That is makeup. He puts makeup on his face every day, and I don't know why he doesn't cover the the white bags under his eyes with makeup. Why the makeup stops at that point to make it look like he was wearing goggles in a tanning bed, but he doesn't. He this is all foundation makeup, and I think. He considers it to be part of his brand that he doesn't put the makeup around his eyes and that his hair looks ridiculous and that he's got the long tie and that he's got he's I mean, he even compensates for the fact that he's got little narrow girl shoulders by putting those big uh, saggy shoulder pads and all of his. He had shoulder pads in his goddamn rain slicker the other day to travel down to the hurricane ravaged North Carolina. And, uh, you know, he he does all of these same motions and actions and, and posture because he thinks it's all part of the Trump brand. It's not because these are just habits that he's gotten into. He thinks that this is what people expect from him. They expect him to look a certain way and behave a certain way. And so he's playing that. You know those Russian media pictures of him and Kislyak and and they all look like they've got mud on their faces (laughs) in the Oval Office. Yeah. Oh, ours is that it's some like uh, bronzer that was recommended to him by like some Saudi royal guy that he was like, it's the best in the world. It's super expensive, but it's made for Arab skin. So they just like they're glopping it on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They got shit all over their faces. Oh, man. What's your theory? Well, here's my theory. We've never seen that color of purple on Donald Trump's face before. It's always some shade of orange uh, uh, foundation that he puts on or cover up or whatever it is that he puts on his face. It is makeup because we've seen the makeup lines under when his hair gets blown back there's like he's got a two-tone forehead where the makeup ends and his actual flesh begins but the thing is though in that meeting with lavrov and kislyak in the oval office back in 2017 his face he was using a different color face makeup and i noticed it's the same makeup that lavrov was wearing so here's my theory lavrov gifted him a can of his own cover-up (laughs) <laughs> and so Trump literally and, and because you know it's like when you put out like your one of your family members gives you a gift over the holidays and it's a terrible gift but when they come over you always have to put that gift out as if you're you know, it's it's part of your home you gotta decor. Wear Aunt Judy's sweater. <laughs> yeah, you got to wear Aunt Judy's sweater. You got to wear the bunny suit on Christmas because uh, Aunt So and So gave you the bunny suit. That's what Donald Trump was doing with his face makeup. He was wearing Lavrov's face makeup because it was a gift from Lavrov, and he wanted to show Lavrov that he's he appreciates the makeup. But there, it's like Lavrov right and there. Trump exchanging foundation makeup is hilarious to me. 
Just of course, it just may be that Lavrov has it all over, and just <laughs> Trump's face was so far up Lavrov's ass before the cameras started rolling that it just rubbed off. That's exactly right. Oh my god, that's exactly right. It wasn't that Trump put on the makeup. No, it, it's transferred. It, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's hilarious. I'm to- I'm totally convinced now that maybe that's what it was. But just look at those pictures while you're listening to this show. Go to Google it's right kind now. Of there, it's sort of buttock lines. Yeah, you know? like it does kind of have a. Yeah, but okay. g- Google those pictures, man. I'm telling you, the Kis- <laughs> Kislak La- Lavrov Trump meeting in the Oval Office. Trump's face and Lavrov's face are the same shade of brownish purple for some reason. But meanwhile, just on a on a on a more serious story, I'm on. I really believe that uh, Rosenstein has been uh, uh, compromised. I think Donald Trump grabbed Rosenstein. They boarded Air Force One, and Donald Trump said, "Be ashamed if these pictures were leaked to uh, Fox News Channel or the New York Times or Maggie Haberman or someone." And Rosenstein goes, "Oh." Oh, shit. Okay, well, I guess I'm not going to resign, and I guess I'm going to see if I can hurry up uh, Robert Mueller to finish this investigation, which is exactly what's happened now. You know, they, I they, don't know about that. I almost thought that like he was so determined to fire Rosenstein, and they put out the word that they had picked out his replacement, and then I thought somebody at DOJ must have called the White House and been like, do not do that. Yeah. Uh, well, the, maybe, maybe that's, uh, that's and the because uh, I mean it was it was on and then it was off again and I really I don't think that Trump stops anything suddenly because of anyone under him, like it's somebody yeah. more powerful saying you stop it, right? Um, well, so. I, I I think I think maybe this was more along the lines of Donald Trump doing his same. I mean, at the very least, this is Donald Trump doing his song and dance routine that we've seen through his lawyers, Rudy Giuliani and the others. To say, oh, we want this to wrap up quickly. When is it going to wrap up? Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. It's going to wrap up two weeks from now. Hey, big announcement. Mueller's going to be done in two weeks. And, of course, that never happens. Um, This is a case where I think Donald Trump actually requested of Rosenstein, hey, you don't want to be fired? Hurry up, Mueller. Get get Mueller uh, to wrap this thing up. And, that, and that's, that's the story. Rosenstein said, though, said today or yesterday, he's like, I will be, you know, when people see this, it will, they will understand why it took so long. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, that's positive uh, Which news. indicates, I can't remember who was talking. It may have been Maddow, but it may have been uh, Stephanie Rule this morning talking about it. Because yeah. he had written, he, he, uh, is it an op-ed or an interview somewhere? He said, you know, we are, you know, we are aware of time constraints. He's like, but when people see what's there, they yeah. will understand why it took so long. And then that person went on to point out that, you know, we're still in the midst of we're still getting in huge amounts of information out of Manafort right now. We're getting huge amounts of information out of um, Gates. And, you know, there's just like more and more and more. Uh, coming, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, so, the sense that I'm getting, David, I don't know if you're perceiving this yourself, but I'm getting a sense that people in the know are, and I'm not talking about the Trump people. I'm talking about people outside the Trump inner circle. They're slow walking um, uh, conspiracy. They're slow walking collusion and downplaying it a little bit. And I don't know if that's based on anything they know or they're just reflecting some sort of ridiculous uh, conventional wisdom. I, I, I don't really know. I can't tell for sure. And we won't know until Mueller issues his report or issues his next batch of indictments. I don't know. Indicting 13 Russians or however many it was doesn't seem to be slow walking collusion to me. I mean, when you've gone ahead and like written the indictments about these people and said this is how they were involved, it seems to me that's a stated matter of law now that he's issued the indictments. 
Yeah. Maybe it's not in the headlines so much, but I think that what's actually happening in the Mueller investigation and what's in the daily headlines are two completely different universes. Mm, because interesting. the investigation has proven to be pretty airtight so far, and the only things we have to go on are the indictments and the, pay- and the rulings that they issue. Mm. And those have been like indictments and guilty pleas. Yeah. From people who said, "Yeah, we were working with Russia or indictments of Russians." So, yeah. I just think that you know, it just depends on what talking point we're rebutting on any given day. And I don't think that Mueller cares about that. I bet he like he reads the paper and then forgets about it the moment he walks in the door. At work. <laughs> Um, well, they have to they have to do something to insulate themselves from the madness. I would imagine that that's I, I think Mueller just uh, is, is trying desperately to just keep his nose as clean as possible. And he's doing a great job of it. Quite frankly, it's uh, it's been more or less a leak free office from what I know. And the, the, from what I've heard, the, the leaks are actually not coming from any of the investigators or prosecutors. The links are the leaks are all coming from people who have been interviewed defendants and, and their and their lawyers. Yeah, there are yeah, teams. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I don't know. And, and I think when I'm talking about collusion, I'm thinking specifically in terms of Donald Trump being personally involved somehow being aware of it and and aiding in that endeavor by Russia. So There's that's always a, a chance that he is so stupid that he was just <laughs> born along like a cork in the storm. Yeah, you know, by this plot that he only dimly understood. Yeah, and well, and why he was so shocked when he won. But we know all the people around him are involved in some way or another. By the way, this is a hilarious uh, tweet today from one of our longtime listeners, David Roberts, uh, Polly Cyborg on Twitter. <laughs> you know, Trump said that he's got a. An amazing instinct for a natural instinct for science, which <laughs> is which is that. yeah, which is which is why he looked he stared directly into the sun when the eclipse happened that day, uh, right? Right. <laughs> D- David said, uh, "I know five year olds who know better than to stare into the sun, whether there's an eclipse yeah. or not." So, just want to throw that along, uh, pass that along to you. Um, we're going to talk about uh, more Russia news. So we got some Paul Manafort news and some Twitter news, social media news related to uh, Russia coming up here on the postmortem show. Plus, uh, I want to talk some about some lighthearted pop culture stuff. There's some really good TV out there right now that I feel like people should be watching. Okay, we'll, we'll get some TV <clears throat> recommendations from uh, but from T Rex. Be a subscriber to listen. <laughs> right, T Rex's TV picks. We'll do that on the uh, postmortem show coming up next. And as he said, make sure to go to our post. Or uh, I almost said our postmortem page. Go to our Patreon page. Uh, how do you, the way you get there is to go to bobseska.com and you click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo. And it'll take you to our Patreon page where you can sign up for $5 a month. That'll get you the post-mortem show and the the day-to-day pleasure of knowing that you're supporting independent media, independent podcasts, and keeping us as ad-free as possible. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting our Patreon page. Make sure you support T-Rex's Patreon page, too. That's patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. Sign up for T-Rex's podcast. You interviewed uh, Jen Kirkman this week, didn't you? Oh, it was a great interview, too. We, we dished about Courtney Love. It's all there. <laughs> okay, great. I can't, can't oh, wait to hear that one. we don't get sued. When she tweeted it, she's like, no one at Courtney on this, okay? <laughs> Meanwhile, you got to support uh, Kimberly A. Johnson. She's been booted off of Facebook because Facebook sucks balls. So go to uh, patreon.com slash Kimberly A. Johnson. Remember, Kimberly is spelled L-E-Y. And it's the traditional spelling of A and the traditional spelling of Johnson. So there's no adjustments there. Also, patreon.com slash startmeup. Go and support her Patreon. Support her work. 
You can become a uh, you can you can give her a grant of your own for just five dollars a month, one dollar a month, whatever you can afford. All right, that's the show today, folks. See you on the after party tomorrow. Bye bye.